Ryan, you're so friendly. Huh. <laughs> Do you like Disney? Do you like movies? Do you like friends who watch these movies? Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, Disney Channel, Tipsy Paddle, yeah! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, the podcast where we watch and review all the DCOMs from A to Xenon. My name is Brandon Lamuto. I am your host, and I have all of my beautiful assistants here with me. We got our sound engineer, Ryan Matz. Hi, Ryan. Uh, hi, Brandon. I'm here to provide beautiful assistance. Oh, and you're beautiful and you're good at assisting, so you're going to be very, very, very good at that. Mwah. We have our mixologist, James Letary. Hi, I hope I'm also good at assisting. You are. You're great at it, and you're also beautiful. Oh, thank you. Never heard that. And we have... Oh, it's, well, I'm glad I could tell you that. And Brandon's here. Brandon Bantz, our art director. Hi, Brandon. I'm the sassy one. <laughs> and you're also beautiful and you're also great at assisting. But I, I should say that you're all better at leading because I just kind of talk and see where it goes. Whereas, you know, you guys make this all happen. Yeah, sure. Whatever. We did a movie today. We did... What's this one called? Now You See It. We did Now You See It for... Today's episode, Now You See It, came out in 2005. Stars Allison Michalka, fresh off of Phil of the Future. Uh, also, it's got Frank Langella in it, which is awesome. I am so glad to see him in this movie. Skeletor. It's, it's, yes, <laughs> Skeletor. I thought his and voice And a million other things. <laughs> yeah, the mo most recently I've seen him in The Americans. He was very good in that. And he's like... He's old as hell, but he looks good for however old he is. It sounds in, like he's, he's been alive acting forever. He is. Yes. Frank Langella is, is very much alive. And I'm glad about that. He's born on New Year's Day. Wow. Oh, yeah. Cool day to be born. He also I didn't oh, know this about New him and I looked Year's it up. Apparently, <laughs> apparently <laughs> other people have noticed, too. He has nystagmus. Um, if you look at his eyes when there's close ups of him, his eyes shake back and forth. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's really cool. I did yeah, not a, notice that today. Yeah. I learned a new eye condition and I'm an eye condition connoisseur. Nystagmus. <laughs> N-Y-S-T-A-G-M-U-S. Wow. Nystagmus. To Very look cool. Look that up on Wikipedia as we're recording. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah it's probably benign. more like interesting. It doesn't hurt him. More interesting and than anything that's going to come up in this movie. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's incredibly um, But before we get into that. Him, and he screams like uh, Brandon in the movie. Not you, Brandon. I, oh, wait. Yes, that's another reason that I like this movie. Because it's got Brandon in it. I think the first time I saw this, I was like 13. And I was like, oh, my God, a guy named Brandon in a movie. Wow. But, 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 but before we get into the movie, we have a, a couple of other orders of business. Yeah, we do. First, we're called the Tipsy Panel for a reason. And that Why? reason is because we got some of uh, this. Oh, God. Oh, that sprayed all over my face. Well done. That means it also sprayed all over your mic. Yeah, we got alcohol. James is our mixologist. He makes very tasty drinks. James, what'd you make? Tell us while I go get a paper towel. Well, I made a drink that does the only magic trick I know in alcohol, and it go in that it goes from clear to extremely milky. Um, it's based on ouzo, which as soon as you add water to it, it turns into like completely cloudy. It's kind of weird. It's um, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a drink. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, but, uh, I decided to call it, I don't know if this will be the final name, but I decided to call it the skull crusher because there's a, <laughs> there's an aspect of skull crushing in this movie that I was 
really fixated on. But uh, basically, it's a lemon ouzo drink. So it's a juice of half a lemon, um, like four or five mint leaves, and a tablespoon of sugar in the bottom of a sugar-rimmed glass. Muddle it up, um, stir it around, add uh, three ounces of seltzer water, make, everything, make sure everything's dissolved, and then pour in your ouzo and watch the magic trick happen. Uh, and then garnish it with uh, lemon zest and more mint, if you like. Oh my if God. you really want some magic, hold it in front of a black light because then it just gets oh, like yeah. really, really like uh, incandescent. Is that the right word? Iridescent. Yeah. I forget which one is which. I totally forgot about that. Okay, so yeah, tricks. it looks cool as hell. Um, That's pretty sweet. I, I know mm-hmm. another um, magic trick too. It goes from it's a drink that goes from clear to to milky, and it's um my signature drink. It's called gin and milk. And you make it by pouring gin into a glass and pouring milk into it. And uh, it, it goes from clear to milky. So that's um, another magic trick for wow. you. That's let's great. not forget the classic alcohol magic trick, which turns any drink into a spilling of your deepest, darkest secrets. Mm, yep. It's foolproof. 100% of the time it works every time. Uh, and the name of my um, drink is the Nystigmus. <laughs> I love it. Actually, hey, it's listeners! Also called gin and milk. <laughs> listeners, if you want to make either of those drinks, you can. I can certainly vouch for one of them. I don't know about the other one, but make the drink. We're gonna post it on our Instagram at Disney Channel Tipsy Panel. We'll have the recipe there. You can make it. You can drink it, and then you could let us know how much you enjoyed it. Um, yes, uh, that's. That's why we're called the Tipsy Panel. And then we're going to talk about the movie. Now we're going to talk about the movie. Wait, uh, wait. We all know we, what the movie's about. No, no. Uh, we have some other stuff to talk about first. We have a, a, the DCTP mailbag. Oh, shit. Right. I'll do that now. That's a good idea. We got a lot of mail, actually. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up. Uh, the first thing I'm going to bring up is Samantha. Again, hi, Samantha. Thanks for emailing us. Samantha pointed out a mistake that I made in our episode on Jump In. I said that Push It to the Limit is definitely in High School Musical. Ryan said the Eagles song Push It to the Limit is also definitely in High School Musical. And Ryan is right. But (laughs) I was absolutely wrong. I don't know why I thought that Push It to the Limit was a High School Musical song, but it's not. I could have sworn it was in the movie. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm a big, stupid, dumb idiot, and I'll do better next time. So that's and, that's one thing. And Thank we you, also, Samantha, for being our fact checker. It's the DCTP uh, cassette tape of uh, voicemails, too, because that's how they used to work. Um, mm-hmm. Bria called us and uh, Bria said uh, <laughs> she said she's going to use the phone line as her personal uh mailbag basically she's just going to call us and, and talk to us uh, on on one end of, of the voicemail um bria thank you for calling uh, sorry we haven't gotten to you yet i guess um we owe you a phone call at this point but i keep thinking it's a spam call uh because i get a lot of those uh i keep expecting to answer and someone says uh hey your car's warranty has expired which uh Ugh, i don't even worst. own a vehicle um <laughs> but thank you for being a dedicated fan um and we're going to take your request. I don't know what you want to hear us talk about for, you know, 90 minutes, but um, yeah, just feel free to call back and uh, maybe I'll actually answer this time or, or one of us will answer 
or we'll yeah. just let you leave a voicemail and then call you back because mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a 21st century way of doing business. We also got a request by email from Marissa. Marissa has been listening to the show literally since we started it. So, Marissa, you are you are our number one fan. Other than me being a fan one. of myself, you are our number one fan. So thank you for listening for, you know, as long as you have, as long as we have been around, which is incredible. Um, she is requesting motocross, which is which sounds good. Um, I like that. Um, we could definitely do that one. But also, Marissa, she has a question for you, Brennan. And she wants oh. to know, how are you enjoying Texas? I've lived here all my life, and I was just dying to know if Brandon's enjoying it here. So, Brandon, tell us about Texas. Marissa, well, you know, I haven't been out too much of the Austin area, uh, and there, the parts I have been outside of feel just very American, like America <laughs> up to notch 11. But, um, you know, Austin's part of the hill country, which, which is beautiful and, you know, full of splendor. So I like that quite a bit. I like the heat okay. I like the culture. I give Texas a big B plus. Well, everything's bigger uh, in Texas, right? So a big B plus in Texas is like an A in New York, right? Thank you yeah. for reading between the lines. <laughs> I'm good at all that. Of, all of the tipsy panel was in Austin for my bachelor party about a year ago in 2019. And it was great. We loved it there. So yes. Yeah. Texas, you got, you got some good guns. things going for you, don't you? We did shoot guns. We shot guns. We ate steak and <laughs> did some other stuff. So and we, it was fun. La- we laid our friend Ben to rest because we shot guns and we happened <laughs> to shoot Ben, too. So um, it's nice yeah. to always remember him. I accidentally for you, buddy. somebody. <laughs> this is how life Somebody. goes in was it ben the big state before we shot him no it was jared <laughs> oh he doesn't count and then, and then and then he drank too much he threw up oh. so he i flashed him and he threw up oh <laughs> I still have a scar on my arm from it was like 2 a.m. We get back to your apartment and Jared's like, hey, let me wheelbarrow you down the hallway. And I said, OK. And as soon as he grabbed me, my arms fell to the ground and he kept pushing me along a carpeted hallway. <laughs> oh, my God. I love yeah. that because nope. that the three of us woke up the next day and we were like, we weren't even drunk last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tipsy panel for you. Hey. All right. Listeners. Yes. Yes. Listeners, you want to hear about (laughs) our move. You want to hear about now you see it. I'm sure you do because we watched it and you're familiar with it. Maybe if you're not, I'm going to tell you, go watch this one because it's a little different from most of the Disney Channel original movies. Um, How is it different? You ask. Well, we all know what it's about, but we have a little thing that we're going to do first. Yes, we are going to do something called the Tipsy Treatment. Here at the Disney Channel Tipsy Panel, we've watched a good number of DCOMs, so using our expertise on the familiar beats and tropes of these movies, we try to guess what the plot is based on the poster alone. So Brandon had the pleasure of actually watching, actually remembering this movie from his childhood, but Ryan James I've seen and I this did one it. so many times. So here's what I thought from the poster. Obviously magic. Duh. I thought maybe there'd be like a sibling (laughs) rivalry over romance because I didn't believe that there would be more than two magic major enthusiasts at one suburban high school. I thought the villain in the movie would have a mustache. That just made sense to me. 
And then you always have to have a decom trope. And I thought the one in this movie would be a dead parent who comes back at the act of act two. <laughs> Turns out he's not dead. It was an elaborate magic trick. <laughs> and he comes and saves the day. And I don't know, maybe like a pet bunny. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. We didn't see most of those things, but that would be, you know, standard fare for the decom. Sure. Oh, I was way off base. I mean, to to your credit, I feel like this movie defies most of the tropes that we're familiar with. I think that's fair. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. But fair. what everybody else say? So I, the uh, next time I'm gonna just go off the poster that you send, Brandon, because I I googled another poster. There's alternates for this one, and it wait, did are there have, really? Yeah, it 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 had um. It was just different, and it had uh, it basically had like the world's greatest magician context contest written in the background. So oh. I that's what kind of gave me the American Idol hmm. style thing, which it obviously was in the poster. It's it's for real. Um, so I thought it was going to be about uh, a boy who's a like a magic fanatic is just like obsessed with practicing tricks, and his girl who's a friend, and they enter the contest. Uh, it's like American Idol. Um, and then I thought there might be some gender role education because orig originally he was going to be like, you could be my assistant. But then actually she turns it out to be a really talented magician. Uh, they win the contest, but no smooch, just eye contact. Uh, and then that, also... That is accurate. <laughs> and then also I said that if it was going to be American Idol style, I was really looking forward to the montage of the other bad mus magicians having bad auditions. Which happened. We yeah. got it did it. happen. So yeah. uh, nice, nice first, prediction. First one that I've hit in the ballpark. I give myself like if this was this was baseball, it would be a double. It, it wouldn't be uh, an inside the park home run like uh, no. I'm about to hit. Um, <laughs> no, actually, that's bullshit because I was pretty off base as well. Um, I basically took the. Um, <clears throat> like Harry Potter, but in Las Vegas um, route here. Um, like magic is commonplace in the world, except it's like rabbits and hats and card tricks and like, you know, squirting flowers and shit. Um, basically, I figured that, uh, you know, there would be famous magicians and the male lead was that. Um, and the female lead was a big fan, except she was actually better than he is. Um, and uh, her one parent who wasn't dead was pressuring her to pursue academia instead of magic. Um, that doesn't happen because she meets the heartthrob after one of his shows uh, and they hit it off. And actually, I kind of thought that it would be one of those like assistant uh, situations as well, except she'd show him up. Um, and then, I don't know, the, the dubious uh, villain would enter at that point. I, I didn't really know how you could possibly have a villain uh, in a movie about magic. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, boy and girl must work together to defeat villain while also completing their journey in time for the big show, which will be televised or something. So um, I, I think I got uh, a bases on balls, if you will. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a walk on four straight pitches. So you checked a lot of boxes. No, yeah. I thanks. 
<laughs> no, you definitely did because Alan, Alison Michalka definitely does show up, Danny, because she's way more interested in like learning the secrets of what's going on in this weird mansion. Um, and there is a, you know, the villain does just kind of show up because we just find out suddenly that Frank Langella is the villain. Surprise, surprise. Huh. And uh, the, the big show is at the end and it is televised. So, yeah. You give me too much credit there, buddy. <clears throat> I think you deserve it. Um, this has been tipsy treatments Ooh, spooky we gotta write a tipsy treatments uh little little ditty little jingle brandon what did we'll you remember from this movie uh i remembered a lot i remembered the like i remembered the like uh the doves flying out of the van i remembered uh the weird guy paul i remembered <laughs> um the the like national treasure scene where they go into a vault in the basement um, and I remembered the absolutely terrible ending of this movie mm. where they take Oof. every all of the buildup and just get rid of it in literally 45 seconds. It is the worst. Um, but anyway, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, the, the plot is is pretty straightforward. Um, Alison Michalka is a budding TV producer working on a show that is supposed to be made by kids for kids. Um it's a magic version of American Idol. They recruit people from all around the world. Alison Michalka finds Danny, who does a very impressive trick where he makes doves fly out of their car. Nobody knows how it happens. Uh, later in the movie, it's revealed that Danny has these powers that he can't explain. And, you know, he doesn't really know what to do with it until he realizes that Frank Langella, who is... The, the like the celebrity host of this TV show. Is Max. Is that his name? I don't Mystic I don't know Max. the name. I, I I've I, noticed when, when when the actors are are, you know, too notable to me. I don't know anybody's names. So I've my noticed. apologies. Yeah. Um, but yes, Max also has some powers and uh, he's the bad guy. So he's the bad guy with powers and Danny is the good guy with powers. This, this is pretty much all you need to know. Um, Except. I, I think it's worth mentioning that, um, you know, in the course of filming this TV show, they are all required to live in this. It's essentially like a haunted house, except it's yeah. not haunted. It's full of magical props. Um, and the whole time, basically, Allison is helping Danny come to terms with the fact that he's actually a wizard and... Uh, all sorts of weird stuff happens. Right. Um, and, it's, it's, and also, it's, a, it's an entirely kids-run television show. So the camera yeah. people are kids. The, like, Allison is like a producer yeah. who, who finds mm -hmm. uh, Danny and, like, is now responsible for him for the entirety of, of the contest. And there's other people that are, like, in her role. And the only adults are Max, uh, Creepy Paul, and uh, there's a, I don't remember the character's name, but there's a woman who's like a, a like a higher up producer in the show. Oh, yeah, she's like Mrs. Yeah. Cunningham or something. Mrs. Yeah, McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Oh. McAllister. That's, yeah. that, that was her name. Kevin McAllister's mother. Mm -hmm. Yup. Um, um, but yeah. hold on, let's let's talk about Paul for a second because I <laughs> Paul is a weird ass dude throughout this whole movie. But did, did anybody look to see who who that guy is? No. His name is Spike Spencer, and he's the original voice of Shinji on Neon Genesis Evangelion. I didn't he's understand a, a word he just said. Me either. 
That is. <laughs> he he does voice acting for for uh, Japanese video games for the oh the English God. dubs of Japanese video games. So he's in all of the he's in a bunch of Fire Emblem games. He's in all of the Shin Megami Minagi Tenseis and the Personas. Um, but yeah, that's like what he's known for. He rarely does live action appearances, and this is one of them. Those are some <laughs> words. Yeah, words. You know. I thought he was somebody out there will get it. I I thought he was fat Kevin Connolly, aka E from Entourage. (laughs) I thought he was fat Mike Dirt from Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he Um, whoever he is, he's just fat somebody. He was (laughs) he was a fucking weirdo. I mean, him being a weirdo had nothing to do with his weight. He played a really good weird guy. He does a great scene where he's like a henchman of the bad guy, which we don't find out until later. He does a great moment where he's like, quote, spying on our our protagonist from like five feet away from them. And then they turn around to look at him and he does one of those like, I'm not looking at you kind of thing. He looks up at the sky, (laughs) looks down at the ground (laughs) and then still stands there and watches them. Mm -hmm. That was good. Yeah. One of the best um, moments in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I would say this movie has a more interesting like setting than most of the DCOMs we've seen. Like they Agreed. ride in on a fucking trolley. Like where yeah. like yeah. as I was I watching know. this, I was like, where the fuck is this? So at first I thought it was New York because there's this one scene on a street where I saw a one-way sign and I was like uh, there's only one-way signs in New York City. New York City is the only place on the planet. <laughs> and then I saw that they were riding in a streetcar, and I was like, hey, that's a city I've been to. Oh, yeah, there's other cities out there. So, uh, spoiler alert, it's New Orleans, Louisiana. No. Oh. oh. Yeah. Pretty probably cool the place most, to film Arguably the magic, most magical city we have. Well, it said yes. that in the credits, too, so it was definitely oh. New Orleans. Um, that's mm-hmm. now New Orleans is more of a destination of film stuff. I think this is probably the very beginning of it, but I think a fair amount of things are filmed there. Wow. Wait, was this the, if so, if this was released in Oh five, Hurricane Katrina was in Oh four, wasn't it? Or was it in Oh five? I think it was in Oh five. Holy shit. It's probably the <laughs> same year. However, I believe this movie came out in January of Oh five. So uh-huh. they beat it by like six or seven months. I would I would think that like I don't know when did True Blood or Treme come out? Those are shows that were probably actually affected by it. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, no, never mind. Treme is 2010, so that's wrong. And True Blood was 2008, so never mind. I I, I time means nothing to me anymore. Time is a flat circle. There's another show that was all right, all right, all right. Um, all right, what else What else do we have here? What's going on in this movie? I don't know, Danny I think does that's a bunch it. of magic tricks. Everybody does a bunch of magic tricks. Did, was anybody, did anybody enjoy the magic? Was the magic no, good? No, you know. could see the wires. I mean, they were very mm-hmm. poorly executed. It was bad yeah. magic, but I enjoyed it because bad magic <laughs> is funny, and it's funny to see kids doing bad magic. I enjoyed it. And there's something about the whole aura of magic with, like, wands and like props and stuff that's you know really heartwarming like you know i had a relatively good childhood so thinking about magic that i saw as a kid always makes me happy and not scared Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair i'm i'm a fan of magic like now that i have young nieces like i learned like very basic little tricks and it's pretty awesome to see a little kid react to magic like they all love it 
Mm -hmm. I used to uh, teach magic at my summer camp uh, back when I used to work at, at a camp, you know, when I was a teenager, young adult. And it is very funny to just teach kids these tricks and then be like, oh, my God, how'd you do that? And you're just like, yeah, I just flicked my hand like this. And then they spend like an hour trying to do it. And then they run up to you and they're like, oh, my God, look, I got it. Look. And they kind of got it. It's 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 just funny. I thought the best magic trick was when they're riding on the trolley and uh, your namesake, Brandon, Brandon, Mm -hmm. he does some card trick. And then Danny's like, oh, well, watch this. And he does a better card trick. (laughs) I I thought that was good. I think the best part about that scene is the guy who plays Brandon, whose name is Gabriel Sunday. He yes. does. Yep. He, he does an excellent portrayal of like the magician dick measuring contest where you're both doing <laughs> tricks, magician to magician. And it's like, OK, yeah, sure. I'll I'll play by your rules. I think he was very good at just being the snobby. Like, I bet your trick's not going to be as good as mine. There, there, there really is a thing to that. So I, you know, when I was teaching magic, some some dude tried to show me up and was absolutely better at magic than I was. But like, I didn't give a fuck because it's it's magic. So like, who cares? <laughs> but this guy really, really cared about being the better magician. And it reminded me of Brandon in this movie. So I think that's how he, I know I Brandon did a good job. Brandon in this movie was my favorite character in the whole movie because his whole appearance was so good. Yeah. Now he uh, so what I read was that he and the the girl who played Zoe, both of them actually like did these tricks. I don't know if they were cast because they knew how to do these tricks or if they were just, you know, told what to do during production. But the things that they do, they were actually doing like Brandon did those like, you know, he popped those cards up into the air. That's like a cool thing to be able to do. Well, with a name like Gabriel Sunday, you probably are a magician. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah, I liked uh, this was a, this backdrop, you know, of uh, magic and, and a competition. You know, I, I thought it was um, at least a bit entertaining to watch uh, magic, both good and bad. Um, yeah. Even though more, more of it was bad than good. It's funny that That's this fair. whole show is staffed by children, though. I mean, like, the <laughs> cameramen are children, the producers are children, all of the audience are just the people employed by the television show. I don't, like, why did it have to be a TV show? I have no idea, because there's, most of like, the time there's, like, nothing, there's no, like, lighting happening, there's no multi-camera aspect to it. It's, it's very bare bones. It could have been like a summer camp or just a school competition. Like yeah. the aspect of camera. I mean, I also, know. you don't need it to, to provide uh, a theory. Maybe they needed a way for Allison to micromanage Danny. And the best way for them to do that was to make her a producer and him the talent. Oh, yeah. also, does she? That's a good point, Ryan. Does she go to Harvard or sh- does she just wear the sweatshirt? Yeah, because it's like <laughs> I went to Harvard <laughs> to no. produce a magic show. You, you know what? <laughs> it's better than having her actually say I went to Harvard, because I think back to when we watched A Ring of Endless Light and the little girl's like, I want to go to Harvard. And Ryan Merriman's like, well, I'm going to MIT. So it's like, you know, that was worse than her just wearing a Harvard sweatshirt. I think that's it's true. still stupid to do 
do a like a dick measuring contest based on what school you're going to when you're 18 years old. But, Agreed. you know, it's it's at least not as, you know, shoving it in your face as just saying it. Yeah. Wow. Also Brandon, sh- with all these metaphors and the face shoving and the measuring. Is there something yeah, you're trying to the- tell us? Yeah, this is the second time I brought up dick measuring contests. And you know what? It might not be the last. I don't know. There's a lot of competitive edge in this movie. All right, I'll get the rulers. Let's talk about what actually would appear on this show. Because here's what I've gathered. The three performers do three tricks. As far as I can tell, that's like 90 minutes of content. That's two 45-minute episodes with commercials. Like, what? What's going to be on this TV show? Like, Maybe it's a Quibi show. Oh, that, that's got to <laughs> be it. Yeah, they, they predicted Quibi in this movie. Yikes. They knew that there was going to be a, a market for people just watching their bad shows on a small rectangle. It's like Big Brother, but with teens who do magic, and there's only three of them. That <laughs> makes the most sense. Yeah. Um. Also, the second the second round was you had to select and perform a great magician's greatest trick, which doesn't really seem fair because it's like the greatest of the greatest mm-hmm. is not, you know, like not easily attainable for amateur young magicians. Yeah. Yeah. And I was disappointed that um, they didn't have Danny like going to straight jacket or something because I thought that was Houdini's yeah. best trick was. Yeah. Like, drop him in like a vat of water in a straight jacket, yeah, lock yeah. it up, prestige or, uh, style. Or get uh, punched in the solar plexus really hard by a stranger, <laughs> which is something yes. Houdini did a lot and what killed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. God. Was that really? Yeah. Yeah. He uh he Damn. ruptured his intestine by getting punched too hard as a surprise. He used to tell people punch me as hard as you can, but he would prepare for it. And someone just came up and hit him really hard. And then he did a stunt like I think I think then he got pneumonia too, but it like didn't help. <laughs> Rarely does pneumonia help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would love to read a story where Harry Houdini was punched in the solar plexus, but miraculously his pneumonia saved his life. <laughs> Hey, so so I can't say that I'm an expert on 2000s fashion, but I think that in particular, yeah, this movie has so many egregious faults in the 2000 fashion era. I like Disney Channel costume design is truly its own genre. Absolutely. It's low rise flare jeans plus a cami over a shirt. (laughs) I love that. Plus a wispy belt. Plus giant hair accessories, colorful jewelry, <laughs> and beachy waved hair. And we can't even just like say, right? We can't even write this off because they're just magicians, because not all of them are magicians. No, this is no, this is Disney Channel style. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I the the cami also, over the T-shirt is a great notice. Like as I, I even I saw that and I don't really, you know, Notice much about women's fashion in the 2000s and i was like that is awful that's just the worst also in her pursuit of being like the not like other girls weirdo the main Mm -hmm. character is like i'm really not into girly stuff like fashion and then it's like (laughs) you look like you took 30 minutes just to put on tops because there's so (laughs) much layering you're absolutely right i think the exact quote was that she's not into 
stuff that other girls are into, like lip gloss, text messaging, and hanging out at the mall. Ah, that's what it was. Hanging out hey, at the mall. Does does that mean that they're coding puzzle solving as a as a guy thing? Because that's Not her thing. Like she's into puzzles. Yeah, no, I see why you'd say that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm very into puzzles. That might also explain why I enjoyed this movie so much when I was a kid. But even the puzzles that they bring up in this are dumb as shit. <laughs> like when we when we're revealed, when it is revealed that Alison Michalka is a puzzle solver, it's like, oh, what did you solve the puzzle from this poster? And she's like, yeah, I saw Spiderweb, which told me it's about the World Wide Web. <laughs> and, and also they say like... They're like, oh, magicians notice things in the background while you're looking at one thing. They look at the other. But like no one said a magician has to be good at puzzles. That's not what they do. Right. Yeah. Very different things. Hey, did yeah. anybody here do not prawn back in like the 2000s? Oh, my God. I only knew that because <laughs> of you. Oh, my God. This the, the her fucking puzzle solving felt like not prawn. Not prawn was a website in like 2003, 2004. That was like solve these puzzles and get to the end. But I don't think there ever was an end. It was basically like look at the source code of a website and look at this picture and figure out what URL it is leading you to. I remember it, it like, being very interesting, but it was probably dumb as hell if me, a 12 year old, was like, ah, it's cool. And it was also weirdly like you had to know things that weren't intuitive. It was like you had to know who like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was. Just oh like my name God, one of his yeah. songs. Like I remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I now I have that CD in my car. And whenever I see it, I think like, oh, haha, not prawn. funny. But yeah, it's yeah, it, it that's how Alison Michalka's puzzle solving felt like she just came up with stuff out of thin air and word association. Like, that's not really how puzzles work. And uh, I know we've moved on already from fashion, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Danny's necklace, which had absolutely no bearing on the plot. Yeah. Just enormous and distracting. And, and his fucking leather bracelets. Yes. Oh, I didn't even notice those. His He's, whole outfit was just too distracting to me. He's got like one two inch leather bracelet on each wrist. It's yeah. incredible. It's like yeah. Guy Fieri's sweatbands. <laughs> Sorry, Fieri. Somebody at uh, like FIT or something should write a whole thesis on Disney Channel fashion. Ooh. Mm -hmm. It's it's all the worst parts of the '90s, like just translated again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truly. So I th I feel like this is you know it, this has to be brought up. I don't think we could do a decom dad hour in this episode. There's like yeah, no dad. Just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of refreshing. And I think that is what makes this decom much more unique than the others. There's mm. no family dynamic, you know, there's no yeah. like, I'm not giving up my dream. I'm giving up yours. And yeah. there's no like when you're parent died i promised to you know make sure that you did this thing got into the school did this sport whatever um and I, I i think that actually does this movie a big favor because without that you know forced aspect of children's movie they can actually do something that's more interesting all right well before we move on from this here's a hot take we can do a decom dad hour because there's exactly one father 
and mm-hmm. I'm giving him an A plus. He passes oh, with sure. flying colors because he's he expresses that his son is excited about you know uh, his audition, and then he shows up at his big performance. So mm-hmm. this dad passes with flying colors. Yeah, and Except let's do won't. some. Yeah, let's do some. You know, like uh, put let let's get in his shoes for a second. His son is I don't know. Let's say fifteen years old, maybe sixteen. He has no friends, and his only like hobby is magic. It's very easy as a parent to be like, well, you know, we got to do something to help our son. You know, he you know, he's a great kid. He deserves to have friends. He deserves, you know, all the things in the world. He's my son. So the father supports his magic and heckles the hecklers when he comes to see him perform magic. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. Dad's good. (laughs) And that's been the DCOM dad hour, everybody. Yeah, that's, that's really it. Do you think do you think Magic Max is a dad? Do you think he has a child? No. If he did, he's probably magic and he just he just absorbed his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's what he does. Yeah. Saturn eating his son. <laughs> In my opinion, Frank Langella is the best decom villain in any of the decoms that we've seen. We've seen what forty-eight of them now. He is the best, hands down. He Thoughts, has the disgust. most. He he definitely has the most arc of a villain, where he starts out as like this figure that they all respect, and then he's like sort of a mentor, and then he's kind of uh, the enemy, and he he makes he makes Danny think that he he's not really a wizard, and then he's like, I have to say that, and he wants to mentor him, and then he's really the villain, like. He really does take a lot of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think like is like I'm I'm trying to think of any Disney movie that we've watched where the villain is any more interesting. Like I, I, I mean, liked the villain in Brink. I, you know, I, I feel like that guy did a pretty good job of just being the bad guy. But it's I you know, like he, he was a he was a kid. You know, Frank Langella is an extremely accomplished actor, definitely way too accomplished to be doing this movie. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think that's one of the reasons he shines. I mean, he's almost Calabar. Like Calabar mm-hmm. is the closest, not also because he's a wizard. Well, I think even closer would be the guy from Twitches, um, the blonde dude, Howard from Better Call Saul, mm. who dresses in like oh, all purple yeah. and black is like, I'm a good guy. And then in the last 10 minutes is like, haha, I'm a bad guy. Bet you didn't know that despite my outfit. That's right. Yeah. Wow, wizard I, betrayal is we should have really caught that. That's that's a trope. That is a big trope. If, you, if there's magic in a movie, you know that there's going to be wizard betrayal. Did it happen in Descendants? Um, I can't remember that movie. Great question. Um, Well, Kristen Chenoweth was the bad guy, but we knew that she was the bad guy because that was like the whole point of Descendants. The villains are separate from the heroes. Um, Descendants was kind of the opposite, where the children of the bad guys actually end up being, you know, they team up with the good guys. So I, I, I... so, no, uh, Descendants doesn't really do that wizard betrayal. Actually, you know what? They do, because the children betraying their parents is a wizard betrayal. Wow. Oh, snap. Yeah. How about that? Eat your heart out, Dove Cameron. Maybe that should be, 
Maybe that should be the new name of the drink is Wizard Betrayal. <laughs> I really like that. That's it. We're changing it. Cool. Uh, we, I am. We talked. I would about love to drink a Wizard Betrayal. Villainry before, and I didn't have a chance to give my two cents. I think my number one villain in a in a decom is. Uh, the Delgado family from Gone Are the Days. Yeah. I was just thinking about that, and I think that's fair. Syndicate. Yeah, um, and they actually se- murder people on camera. Yes, um, but then related, but also tangential, is the dad's heart in Tiger Town because it kills him. <laughs> Aww, good one. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, One of the only I, movies we've watched with with alcohol, cigarettes, and death. And that's why I, I spoiler alert, I think it's gonna be in my top five. Actually, I know it's gonna be in my top five. For sure. That makes sense. Cigarettes, um, alcohol, and death. The only three certainties in life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we got a decom F bomb. Anybody got a decom F bomb here? For oh, those of you that. I had one. Well, that one, that's a decom F-bomb right there. That was, that was for free. That was my mulligan. That was my free space. For those of you who don't know, the decom F-bomb is very simple. If this were a PG-13 movie, you would get to say the F-bomb once. Where would you put it? Who wants to jump in? Well, they're talking about magic, and one of them's like, no one can explain it, and then they just start mentioning things that people can't explain, and one of them <laughs> is Donald Trump's hair. Oh, my God. And then the F-bomb would say, no one can explain it, like Donald Trump's hair or his whole fuckery. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy to think that since the 90s, he has been referenced in, you know, like TV and movies. It's fucking awful. And now he's yeah. the president of the United States. He was he's like one of those famous for being famous people. Yeah. Absolutely. The original Kim Kardashian. That's what we'll all remember him. You're giving him too much credit. This was prime apprentice time, I think, if I'm remembering generally, like 2004 and five. I believe you're right. Yeah, because the show started when? Like early 2000s. I think you're right. You think he's ever going to be like in hindsight 20 years from now? Well, all collectively just scrub him hindsight 20 years from now he will be dead in the ground for for a long time yay he'll be like gerald ford hopefully but more harmful (laughs) wait hold on what's the gerald ford reference in that like no one really talks about gerald ford and he was a one-term president yeah yeah i guess they don't you're right good point right before carter yeah my decom f-bomb comes when uh, they're doing their fucking national treasure hunting where they go into the basement and Cedric is following around Allison and Danny with the camera and he keeps saying, like, did I mention I'm claustrophobic? Did I mention I'm really claustrophobic? Did I mention I'm really, really, really claustrophobic? And at that last one, they're all just like, God, shut the fuck up! Jesus! God! I think mine uh, was going to come there as well, except it would be Cedric who said it because he's like, can we get out of here? Guys, please, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, they, okay, so they go into that secret library thing and it's believed to like not have been accessed in a really long time. But there's got to be 45 candles lit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's magic. Ooh. The real magic was inside of us all along. Now that's the lesson of this movie. Also, they didn't find anything out there. They just went in. Nothing. Yeah. We they, didn't need They gained it. no information. Yeah, I, there, nope. there really wasn't much of a point to that except to show that Danny respects Allison's ability to solve puzzles. Oh my god, he's like, I can't believe you figured that out. And she takes it like the best compliment in the world. Pretty good for a girl. Pretty much. <laughs> She's like blushing. Yeah, I yeah. guess it, uh, a, another good uh, F-bomb spot um, might have also been... Uh, oh, wow, I, I just had one. Fuck it. Forget it. <laughs> I, have, I have two. One... Just the thought of this line made me smile. Uh, was jumping ahead, like the finale is that Danny is going to lift a thousand pound weight up uh, the kill, the, the, the trick that killed uh, DeMilo. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 Franklin Jello goes, that's a thousand pounds of pure lead, which is weird. I just <laughs> I just thought of him delivering that line totally differently and going, that's a thousand pounds of pure fucking lead. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to rain it down. Um, but the other thing that I really, and this is where my skull-crushing obsession came in, uh, they said DeMilo died by getting his skull crushed yeah. when a thousand pound weight fell on him. But in the... Uh, in the pictures that Allison is looking through, she's looking through like newspaper clippings. There's an open casket. There's no, yeah. hey, there's no evidence. Hey, I've seen six feet under and I know what kind <laughs> of reconstruction they it's can true, do. They can work magic, but that might've been a scene where they, she's looking through newspaper clippings. She goes, Hmm, he got his skull crushed. And then you don't see the newspaper, but you just see her reaction go, Oh, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because that's wh- how she would have reacted if she saw pictures of a skull crush. Yeah, that's a good B- one. Bonus points would be they actually show the skull crush, and the newspaper in the movie showed it, and yeah, it was good. still an pretty fucked up. <laughs> hey, listeners, do you have your own decom f bomb? Let us know. Uh, email us disneychannelsipsypanel at gmail dot com or uh, tag us on Instagram at disneychannelsipsypanel. I'll do you one better. We've never had a fan submitted decom f bomb, so you want to be the first? Yeah, do it. We'd love to hear it. Hey, can we talk about this uh, fucking toy night fight scene? With that is at like mm. five frames per second. Yeah, let's try to talk about it without laughing. It's hard. <laughs> okay, it's really so hard. when Dan, so when Danny finds out that. Frank Langella is also a wizard. Frank Langella becomes his mentor. And Danny, who has never been able to control his magic, suddenly develops the ability to harness his powers just because Frank Langella says, focus, (laughs) believe in yourself. That's it. That's all it took. And, and he plays Rock'em Sock'em robots. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, he puts out two night statues and they both just like control them with their minds or something. It's some like, shit. wouldn't they have to have joints? Yeah. 
or something. Yeah, I, my theory is that Frank Langella took two regular people and just shrunk them Ooh. down into these little knights so that he could do this one day. He first he killed them, mm-hmm. then he embalmed them, and then he shrunk them. Yeah. Or they're like fucking orcs from Lord of the Rings and he just like made them out of ground. I I thought it was funny because uh Magic Max when that scene occurs, he goes, "Watch this," which is definitely a thing <laughs> that a wizard would say to a fledgling wizard. <laughs> "Watch this." This whole movie could have been filled with just watch this. Every every second, every trick that happens. Check watch this, this out. Fucking jackpot. He goes, check <laughs> this shit out. <laughs> yeah, that was a ridiculous scene because even by 2005 standards, I thought they could have done better. I mean, it was glitchy and slow, but. Yeah, it looked terrible. Just do a green screen. Like, you across. didn't have to do that much. I feel like it yeah. was a green screen, but done awfully. Yeah, they tried to make it too jerky. It was like. Dick, dick, dick. Yeah, yeah, use, like, remote-controlled robots and just have two PAs stand off to the side mm-hmm. with the remote controls. Yeah, sure. So I felt like, generally speaking, um, the the plot of this movie was good, save for the pa- the last, um, you know, 45 seconds, as we oh mentioned before. Um, I'd say for the most part, it was, it was unique, it was interesting, um, and, and the production value was pretty good, but there were a few things yeah. that, that took me out of it. That was one of them was the, was the night scene. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the Disney Channel original movie stock sound library also took me out of it. I mean, the music <laughs> at points really didn't match the subject matter, like right. especially the um, auditions uh, at the beginning, which we didn't talk about yet. Those um, auditions and the music that went along with them was like, you know, music that would have been better suited to Brink or Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. There was no like um, magic themed music. It was like kind of upbeat, like rock music. Actually, um, I so I don't know this. I, I forgot to look this up. Did did Mark Mothersbaugh do this one? Because I feel like of, you know, if anybody should be doing this movie, it should be Mark Mothersbaugh, the guy who can, you know, invoke any sort of emotion from these movies. We are not men. I'm going to see. I'm going to see if I can find it. <laughs> so I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, but uh yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you there. Um, so I didn't find who did the music for this movie, but I found out that the language is English. <laughs> English? Country, like American it, English? Yes. Hmm. Uh, Good to know. The country is USA. Yeah, uh, Mark, Mothersbaugh, Mark Mothersbaugh didn't do it, which is truly a shame. Like, it, it, it really should have been him. Um, Ali and AJ did do that last song though. Oh, do you believe in magic song? It was so fucking bad. Yeah. Ali and AJ do have one hit and I got to say, I'm a big fan of that hit potential breakup song. I I think you go, Brandon. I know you want to sing it so bad. Oh man. You know that I do. It took too long. It took too long. It took too long for you to call back. Except for the fact it was my birthday, my stupid birthday. Yeah, 
I skipped a line uh, in there, but that's okay. Why have I heard it's a that song? Bran and Why Dunn. have you heard that song? Because I've sang Bran it and, and played Dunn. it before. Oh, okay, I see. Potential breakup song is a timeless classic, and I will fight anybody who disagrees. Um, but that's it. That's really all that their music, uh, their music career amounts to, in my opinion. Actually, when I was looking up this movie, I saw that Ali and AJ did a movie. It's styled like a fucking Noah Baumbach movie. It's called oh shit. I don't. The, the name is stupid. It's called like Weep Away From Home. It's it's a dumbass name. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Weep away for now. But it's not weep away like the two words you'd expect it to be. It's weep spelled W-E-E-P-A-H and way W-A-Y. And they play shit. two sisters who are in a band. So, you know, I guess it's kind of autobiographical, but it's not. Um, and this movie got like real stars in it. Like, uh, Amanda crew from Silicon Valley is in it. Sharsa Ronan is in it. Um, you like, you wouldn't expect uh, John Hader is in it. And from most reviews, it's just a bad attempt at being Noah Baumbach or Richard Linklater. Uh, but, but they did it. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know where I was going with that, but I knew I wanted to bring it up at some point. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, and I will bring up the fact that, uh, Allie and AJ Machalka, the Machalka sisters, uh, from Torrance, California. And, uh, Oh really? Like Joyce Manor? I was, yeah, I was going to get to that, but <laughs> and my exactly. That's pretty fun. I wonder if they know each other. They should do a tour. I would definitely they, watch no. Allie and AJ open for Joyce Manor. <sighs> Joyce Manor would do it. I don't know if Allie and AJ would do it. <laughs> They're you guys know Ali and AJ have a decom together, yes? No, I it's didn't called, know that. It's called Cowbells. It's basically the simple life where they are just like Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Uh, they are two rich girls who are sent to work on a farm. I actually haven't seen that one, but I can't imagine it's very good. God, Probably the name not. of these movies are just so obvious. <laughs> yeah, you know, they you put two people in a room and just have them shout names at each other until one of them just gives up. Now, Brandon, when you pitched watching this movie to the three of us, you said that it was the ground work for the summer blockbuster Now You See Me. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that movie. Were you lying? I don't know. Or are there similarities? Oh, okay. I, I can't be lying if I've never seen Now You See Me. Well, oh, apparently dear. no one's ever seen Now You See Me. The I only know thing it's about I, a bank robbery. Right. The only oh. thing I know about Now You See Me is that they use sleight of hand to basically be an Ocean's Eleven type movie. Yep. Um, oh. Yeah. But also, I'm forever fucking mad at the fact that they made a sequel to Now You See Me. But because Hollywood assumes the average American is an idiot, they couldn't just call it Now You Don't. They had to call it Now You See Me 2. Well, Mamma Mia 2 wasn't called Here We Go Again, so... But it was. Tough. That's the thing. It, oh, it, was? it was called Mamma Mia oh. 2, Here We Go Again, which is, an, which is the best name for a sequel that you could ever have. Yeah, that really is. Yeah. Wait, so, okay. 
(laughs) I didn't mean to step on your toes there, but like that actually is the name of the movie. It was the the subtitle of the movie, but it was Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the subtitle wasn't Now You See Me 2 colon now you don't doesn't even come up i'm sorry i i I went i went full neckbeard actually on you but only (laughs) because that is the best name for a sequel you could actually you could ever have i'm trying so hard i'm trying so hard not to say it i'm sorry you have a habit of doing that actually you have a habit of doing that i know you have a beard and technically it is on your neck oh god you're killing me Ugh. Speaking of speaking of Brandon being a jerk, uh, everybody <laughs> at the end of this movie totally gaslights Allison. Yeah, let's just go to the end of this movie oh, because yeah. the end of the well, movie is like forty five seconds and it's awful. It's, no, no, it's not the proper end that we're talking about though. We're talking about when Allie has evidence that there's a conspiracy against Danny, and she actually has it on film, and she goes with the evidence to um, Kevin McAllister's mom. <laughs> and Danny's there too. And she's like, well, I got this evidence here on my tape recorder that Max has done this terrible thing. And then Max is like, oh, okay, show us. Cause he's just there for some reason. And then he actually takes the recorder out of her hand and he's a fucking magician. So, and he's a wizard. So if he really wanted to, he can make that tape disappear, which he does. And so, yes, as Brennan said, it is a, textbook case of gaslighting and there the the exact quote is it's painfully clear that you need to go yeah Yeah. oh my god (laughs) so she rides the she rides the sad trolley back to wherever the hell she came from (laughs) (laughs) I, i would also like to point out that danny says something to her that is Truly the worst gaslighting where he says, you claim Max is out to get me, but you don't know how or why. And the worst part about that is she told him how and why she told him how, because, you know, he gave you the ring so that it would control your powers and then consume you. And why? Because he doesn't want there to be another powerful wizard out there. He tell she tells him how and why. And then five minutes later, he says, you don't know how or why and and that brings me to another point which is over and over Allie says about Danny my friend Danny uh, my friend and I don't think it's evident at all that they're actually friends like she thinks yeah. they are but he clearly doesn't wait, sh- wait we gotta we gotta address the one of the greatest lines in this movie which is when allison is leaving and you know she's walking onto the trolley and obviously she has to turn around and have one great you know last line and that last line is like so this is your final trick huh you made the only person who could help you disappear your only yep. ally and i was like is that a pun on her name <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, it is spelled that way with a Y. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we can discuss the proper end of the movie, I think, unless we have something else that uh, is prescient here. No, nah, that's that's Which... pretty much it. The only other note that we haven't really covered is that Frank Langella is, quote, president of the Worldwide Skeptics Society. Mm. Yeah. Which is very funny. Yeah. And that's a funny scene too. We don't have to talk too much about it, but that actually is an amusing scene with all these old idiots who are like, well, actually. Do you yeah, guys really think it, do you guys think it's a harmful stereotype that psychics are women that nobody cares about? 
I've, yes. I feel like it's yeah. a it's a harmful stereotype. I've never seen a male psychic in a in a movie. I'm trying to think. Uh, yes, I think that's a harmful stereotype. Yeah. So we're 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 you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Since they're all fake, make one a male. Yeah. Also, yeah. I really liked the quote: "Truly impressive trickster." Just a great line. <laughs> That's my new Twitter handle. Truly impressive of, trickster. It's the name of Gabriel Sunday's first album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the end. Ryan, you want to talk about the end? Uh, yeah, well, like you said before, it's all this buildup and then it just comes crashing down and, and in a very um, anticlimactic way. So they get to the big show and uh, the magician Zoe and the magician Brandon, they do their tricks and they're like fine or whatever. And then Danny comes on stage and he does the trick and Max helps him like he says he's going to. And then the weight that he's supposed to literally lift with his magic almost falls on him. And then, you know, they kind of duke it out a little bit. Like Allison shows up to presumably help, which she doesn't really at all, except <laughs> by taking the ring off of Danny. Uh, and then Max makes Danny levitate. And then Danny somehow gets the ring around Max's whole body. And <laughs> he disappears. And this all happens basically in the amount of time that it took me to describe what that just was. So essentially they, um, Danny gets out from under Max's control. They duke it out and the movie's over. The only the good guys win. <laughs> the only thing that you failed to mention is that Frank Langella and Danny are having this terrible, mm. like magicians dialogue on stage where it's supposed to be like, that. it's supposed <laughs> I'm glad you did. Like they're keeping up appearances to make it look like it was all pre-planned. If I were um, in the audience, I would assume that this is the worst television show of all time. Yeah. But, but then, like, the thing is, Frank Langella's plan is still to murder this kid on stage. So he's just playing it up more and giving, like, more chances for a kid to die. Yeah. He's like... Swords and a thousand pound weight, and like making him levitate and all this stuff. Like he's just, he, he for whatever reason he has to kill him on stage. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, he was trying to make it look like an accident, and probably he was gonna continue to try to make it look like an accident, except he would have had to do it himself, and so yeah, it it would have just looked like he he murdered it's a true. kid. On That's stage. true. It's right. a little. There's witnesses to say that it's an accident as opposed to in private. A child is is just dead. Well, that's why being the president of the Skeptics Club is the perfect cover-up. Mm-hmm. Nobody would suspect a I'm skeptic. Quoting, yeah, Sir, I'm quoting this, this child was character. under your care and he passed away. Well, no one knows that he passed away here. Where's the evidence? <laughs> You should trust me. I'm a skeptic. Yeah, honestly, like, just just use your mind powers and snap his neck while he's sleeping. <laughs> World Life Skeptic Society sounds like, like another name for wizard. QAnon. Oh, you're Don't so even. right it is. Don't even go there. Worldwide Flat Earthers Society. 
there there were some funny quotes from that last scene though because they were all like you mean to tell me you're going to lift <laughs> 1000 pounds of pure lead over your head with magic <laughs> and then max saying to danny you're no match for me mm-hmm. and i think my what my last note of this movie was why and then <laughs> good deus ex machina because that's all it was yeah. the whole it was bullshit yeah that was a terrible ending and they're trying to set it up for a sequel too because danny throws you know totally. he throws the ring on frank langella's finger and dive bombs into him which results in a puff of smoke where only danny is left remaining on the stage and the audience is like, oh, that's a cool trick. But the viewer of this movie knows that they're both magic and Frank Langella was just, you know, destroyed into a puff of smoke. But then Alison Michalka, 30 seconds later, says, yeah, he's still out there. Like, he's just out there. How does anybody know that? How is anyone aware that he's out there? Brandon, will they call the sequel Now You Don't? Yes, they will, because you know what? They have Dwayne Dunham, the director of this movie, has integrity. Dwayne? Yeah, there were a couple. He is the best credits names that you're going to get in this movie, but we did have a couple other Ooh. good ones. I have to say, before we get into them, I think this is the best credits names of any of the movies. Some, I agree. Some I found really, so many. Really good ones. Well, uh, somebody, somebody start. Well, first, let's... literally the first name right off the bat, Lapton mm. Enox. <laughs> yep. Very good. I read that as Lampton Enox, which I think actually improves upon it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, have... I, was too ex- I might have forgotten a letter. I was too excited. We have a returning star, uh, Poland Paul Perkins. Love that one. Triple that P. one's incredible. Yeah, and um, there was uh, a woman in stunts. I genuinely have no idea how to say this. So before we attempt it, I'm going to say that it sounded to me like um, a drug name, like not a generic drug, but like the name that they like Lipitor or whatever, like Like, one of the names that they give a drug that's like. Naroxin Malda for right. Like when you go to Kirkland or when you go to Costco and you buy the Kirkland brand of Advil or whatever. Her name is Nicole Schnexnaldra. Yes, that's how I would have said it. Uh, same. It's Nicole Schnexnaldra. It is truly just smashing. So like those are three syllables that you would expect to be the dominant syllable in any name. But all three of them are dominant <laughs> syllables. Schnecksnaildra. When taking Schnecksnaildra, if you notice side effects <laughs> such as dry mouth, itchy palms, <laughs> Schnecksnaildra, <laughs> call your doctor. Schnecksnaildra sounds like the side effect for the drug Schnecksnaildra. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also what you take the drug for. Yeah, yeah. it treats <laughs> and it's a side effect of the drug. <laughs> Schnecksnaldra in the small intestine. <laughs> um, I, I there were some other good ones too. Being that this took place in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I noticed um, Bantu A. Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think this this is I can't read my own handwriting, but I think it says Stalker Fontelieu. Yep. 
Huh. I like Cliff Cudney. Cliff Cudney. Cliff Cudney. I really like uh, Trace Sheremy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, a lot of good credits names in this one. I'm glad. Yeah, that and we there's even more too that. that we didn't mention. I mean, mm-hmm. Gabriel Sunday might have been my favorite. Gabriel Sunday. Great name. Great name. Ola Arakayos. Yes. That sounds like a wizard. Yeah. Or an incantation, at least. Mm-hmm. Ola Arakayos. <laughs> hey, do we have anything else before we uh, we rate this movie? Uh, all I will say is that uh, it reminds me of the great city of New Orleans, and that's a plus in my book. I, I think that uh, that works in favor of this film. That's a really good setting. Sure. I don't think we ever really talked about Cedric, who is the, the redheaded cameraman. I feel like he's the only normal person in this whole movie. Like, everyone else is very clearly a character in a movie, and he is just... Cedric and you know what I like him Mm. for that I guess that's it all right cool let's rate this movie um for anybody who doesn't know our rating system is very simple it's thumbs up thumbs down that's it either you you give it a thumbs up or you give it a thumbs down um I'll start because I'm the one who picked this movie and even before we did this or watched it for this episode, I knew that this was going to be a thumbs up because I've seen this movie a a jillion times when I was a kid. This one is fun. It's different from most of the Disney Channel original movies. Like it, it it doesn't follow the standard tropes that you usually see. I mean, I'm not going to say that the plot is good because I don't think I've ever seen a Disney Channel movie where the plot is good, but at least it's go. it's interesting. The cinematography is good. Uh, the the settings and the props are all good. Uh, I, I I like this. I like this one a lot. This is a thumbs up. Well, I'm just gonna jump in now because you said pretty much all the things that I wanted to say. Um, you know. I I hate to rank things in a relative manner, but yeah, relative to all of the shitty ones that we've seen, this one definitely deserves a thumbs up. And it's for all the reasons Brandon said, it's because I love New Orleans. Um, The big easy. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it was amusing. Like, was was the plot excellent? No. And did it go on a little too long? Did they belabor some stuff? Yeah, for sure. Dude, but, it's 83 um, minutes. <laughs> and, and, and it was it was like 23 minutes too long. It was it, it was uh, 37 minutes too long. You know, it could have been much shorter. Um, That's fair. But no, it was it was good relatively. So it gets a relative thumbs up from me. Cool. All right. Um, I'm picking James. Go ahead, James. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. Like it's it's almost there into being like a fully good movie. It's it's short, which is it's going to be a little hamstrung by that. Like they just they come really close to like the plot being okay paced. Like the pacing of the rest of it besides the ending is like decently well done. Um, And I really do think that as a kid you I, I like where you would have seen this in life brandon like i definitely would have enjoyed it and as an adult i can actually see where its appeal is so thumbs up cool 
Okay, you guys. <laughs> I hated every single character oh. in this movie. Every single character. I found the plot so predictable, down to the point where I thought about some lines, and then, like magic, <laughs> the lines were spoken. <laughs> there were holes. There were missed opportunities. I mean, they didn't do shit with the cool secret library. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, relative to all the other ones, okay, fine, whatever, but... I would never watch this again. Thumbs down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. that's rough. I mean, oh, we're, definitely, we're definitely cutting it slack because, yeah. <laughs> like, if you saw this in theaters, you'd be pissed for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think if, if we were rating it on, like, what you expect to see in theaters, then there wouldn't be a single thumbs up in any yeah, of this. Right. Yeah, that's I true. Think Except for, for Tiger Town. That's yeah, true. But, um, Drugs, alcohol, it's, and it's, death. They're, like sometimes they're almost so bad they're good, but because this one isn't that, it makes mm. it harder to like. Sometimes I can like have a drink and laugh at how bad these are, but this one just doesn't have that kind of joy ride feel to it. I get that. I totally understand, and I think yeah. that that is a valid opinion, uh, especially because the ending resolves nothing at all. Like it's very clear. That they filmed 80 minutes of this movie and we're like, how the fuck are we going to end this, guys? It, it, God, yeah. even like even the very last scene, they're like, how did that happen? And then <laughs> yeah. Danny comes back and he goes, magic. And she just looks right into the camera and like shrugs <laughs> and grins. And he's wearing a fucking magician's hat. Like, oh, that's the God. worst Little lady. Probably the worst part of this whole movie that once he becomes a magician he has to wear this fucking hat i think i would be more on the same page as you brennan if we hadn't seen maybe one of the worst ones just chronologically before this yeah and, oh my god you know we've seen so many absolute pieces of shit that i think that's what changed me like that swung my <laughs> pendulum like now when I see something like this, I'm like, oh yeah, give it up for fucking what was the name of this movie? <laughs> now you see it. You know, like what a cop out of a name, too. I yeah. mean, God. But hey, let's let's give it the fuck up for now you see it, because they shot it in Louisiana. No, I I I get it. Uh I definitely think that because we had just watched A Ring of Endless Light and then Hounded, like we were <sighs> we were just itching for something that wasn't awful. So. I think Hounded's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Hounded's <laughs> up there. It's pretty bad. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time trying to decide, like, is it worse than Life is Rough? And I'm, I'm really, I'm oh, still yeah. not sure. Yeah. Like, I, I think it probably is, but I don't know. I'm putting it up there with Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one's definitely yeah. one of the worst ones we've seen. But let's save it for sometime in the very near future when we do our top five and our bottom five right and Absolutely. figure some other five as well yeah um for our listeners out there we should let you know um not totally sure if the next episode is going to come out two weeks from now we've kept a consistent schedule but um our our wonderful friend brennan who you all know is coming back to New York. So we're trying to find a time where if maybe we can record here or if we wait until Brennan gets back to her home base, 
but yes, we're going to get to episode 49 and episode 50 as soon as we can because we want you guys to hear them and we know you're going to like them. And if you're listening, you know, a hundred years from now, when the Disney Channel tipsy panel has been entered into the Library of Congress and <laughs> we're all long dead and you're probably long dead, too. And we're all a bunch of holograms. <laughs> you're long and, you know, it's a, the, the U.S. is a barren wasteland. Uh, that statement that Brandon just made won't matter, but <laughs> it's good that he made it anyway, just for the historical record. Bold of um, you to assume that the Library of Congress will last longer than our own lives and not meet the fate of the Library of Alexandria. Uh, what are you saying? You're going to burn down the library? Well, of Congress? Hey, hey, your words, not mine. I'm not saying anyone should do it. I'm just saying what a thing to watch if it did happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the library uh, sorry maybe this is a dumb question is the library of congress a physical place or is it just like a, a cloud you know i was gonna say it's like the cloud it's just like the library of yeah. congress it's like right. it's like the the l drive like, it's I, like the drive. <laughs> I know it's it on existed. dropbox i know it existed before anybody had the cloud but i assume that everything is just on the cloud right i don't know it was just all the books from thomas jefferson's house that he was like yeah this is like kind of <laughs> yeah that Tom makes sense is jefferson hey listeners did you agree with our votes did you disagree with our votes let us know you can email us at disney channel tipsy panel at gmail.com you can uh find us on instagram at disney channel tipsy panel you can find us on twitter at tipsy panel or you can call us at nine one find us on the phone eight six three sixteen thirteen again that's nine one four like bria <laughs> yes you could be like bria who is eight six three sixteen thirteen you could just call us up and like leave us a voicemail like, say whatever you want you know mm-hmm. just you know t- tell us you disagree with us uh tell us about um you know nothing bria didn't do this but you can if you want you can tell us about a fight you have with your roommate or you know what the guy with the at the mask store said to you, you know, blah, blah, blah. The guy at the mask store. What did the guy at the mask store say to you, Ryan? He said, he said, wearing masks is for smart people who care about their community. That's true. Everyone wearing masks, wearing masks is sexy and cool. And I hope you all do it. And it Uh, makes everyone look better. Truly. Okay. Wait, quick random fact about Gabrielle Sunday. Mm hmm. He directed the Daniel Johnston documentary that was produced by Lana Del Rey and Mac Miller. Oh my Holy God! Shit. What? Yep. All right, that's it's our a, show, everybody. It's a short Holy film. Shit. I watched it. It's on YouTube. He has it. He has it on Vimeo. Wow. Yeah. No, that's it. We're done. No more plugs. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have another another decom for you next time. Bye. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop recording because uh, I got to pack and stuff. Yeah, that's Good cool. Job, I'm going to hit it too.